Welcome back to South Carolina Murder Mondays with your host, Nicole Simmons. He was good at it, and he got better with time. In March of 1978, a 24-year-old black male from New York named Rudolph Tyner robbed a little old mom-and-pop grocery store in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. He took $200 in the lives of both Murdy and Bill Moon. My name is Ira Bird Parnell Jr., and I was assigned to the firearms laboratory at Sled Headquarters as a firearm to mark fingerprint crime scene analyst because he had armed robbed the mom and pop store with a sawed-off shotgun literally that long. He robbed him, had him laid on the floor, the little, little man, the one, left the store and came back in and shot both of them in the head and killed them. After he was already, he'd already escaped, he was gone. He came back in the store and killed him. Tyner was quickly caught and sentenced to the electric chair, but with appeals and a slow pace of executions in the U.S., he was still living two years later. Here is SLED agent Lieutenant Schuler explaining Rudolph Tyner. So you worked with Rudolph Tyner? I did. What was Rudolph Tyner like? The only thing I remember, him sitting in the courtroom, and he was unconcerned, looking around. He didn't seem to look like he knew what was going on with the resentencing trial of him. Was it like he had a low IQ or something? I understand he did. Um, The research that that I have found and also the um, wordings in court that his IQ wasn't the best. This did not go over well at all with Murdy's son, Tony Simo. It is said that Simo is Murdy's son from a previous marriage and was adopted by Bill Moon. Simo was tired of waiting on the death of Tyner and wanted to take things into his own hands, so he started hunting for someone on the inside of the prison to do away with his parents, and he found Pee Wee. Simo learned that if he wanted to off and kill someone on death row, then Gaskins was going to be his go-to guy. So Simo offered Gaskins money, and he agreed to it. This is not the first time Gaskins has been hired as a hitman. Here is Gaskins himself on a call that he recorded from prison, death row, in hopes to later use to blackmail Tony Simo. Sick on me. I need, I need one electric cap, 
Here is Prison's Death Row Guard, 
D. Albritton. His life was worth more than yours. Yes. Pee Wee had no conscience. Pee Wee could, I'd be willing to say Pee Wee could be sitting at the table and cut your throat and lay there and finish his meal while you was bleeding on the table. That's the kind of guy Pee Wee was. Gaskins tried slipping poison into Tyner's food, but it only made him sick. Pee-wee befriended Tyner and gave him gifts, such as food and drugs, that was all laced. And that's how he tried to poison him. He tried around six to eight times, but it never worked. So Pee-wee decided he needed to take another route. On September 12, 1982, Gaskins gave the radio to his not-very-bright buddy. He told Tyner if he held the radio up to his ear at a specific time, Gaskins could talk to him like a two-way radio. Gaskins later boasted, quote, the last thing he ever heard through that speaker cup before it blew his head off was me laughing, end quote. A friend of mine was sitting in the uh, office and, and this happened on the second level and when the bomb exploded, it, he was sitting at the desk, and it knocked him away from the desk. It was that powerful. And that was probably 30, 40 feet from him. He didn't get and hurt? This was a, no, he didn't get hurt. But this was a big man. He was about six foot four, 280 pounds. Do you know how he was able to get stuff into the jail? So it seemed like so easily, like the the C4 explosives and, and stuff to make a bomb. Somebody brought it to him because and that come from uh, the correction officers not doing their job. It has been said that Pee Wee would have this man hanging from the ceiling by the time he was done, and he sure enough did. Pee Wee was in for life, but by killing Tyner on death row, he was sentenced to death. He would still live on death row for nine more years. Rudolph Tyner was the last person Gaskins would ever kill. Tony Simo was charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder. He received three concurrent sentences for his role in the death of Rudolph Tyner. Five years for conspiracy for murder, eight years for threatening to kill by explosive, and eight years for failure to report knowledge of a bombing. Simo served three years of his sentences, of which he spent most of his prison time on work release. In a June of 2001 Associated Press report, Tony's sister, Renee, said he never had any regrets about having Tyner killed. He told her over and over, I think constantly of Tyner laughing while Mom and Daddy begged for their lives on their knees, and I did what I did, and that was it. In June of 2001, Tony Simo died at the age of 52 at his home from an apparent overdose of pain medication. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Murder Mondays with me, your host, Nicole. As always, I love traveling and interviewing for these cases. I'm doing my best to bring you new info as well. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And donations for travel and research expenses can be made via Venmo to Nicole Simmons 87. 
Thanks, guys, and I'll catch you next week.